This is the Blossom of Thought podcast, a podcast about the body, mind, and soul. And your host is Impilo Kambule. Today I'm joined by my brother, Dex Tamotin. He is in the United States of America, and I'm glad to have him here today. We're going to speak about spirituality. Today we're going to zero it down to chakras. My brother, Dex Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so grateful and blessed to be here today. Like I said, I'm Dexter Morton, and I'm just so happy to be here. I started a company called Chakra Wonders a few years ago, and I started it because I felt that we need some more spiritual healing here, not just in our society in the Western world, but globally as a human race. I think that, or I feel that, we spend a lot of time and focus on the physical aspects of self. So people, I mean, you know, like going to the doctor, exercising, things like that. So our physical nature, but we're encompassed of more than just our physicality. We are our minds and we are our spiritual selves, our souls. So Chakra Wonders, we aim to help people heal their mind, body, and spirit so that way they can be holistically healed. And we do that through naturalistic processes. Oh, that's awesome. You have mentioned that uh, Chakra Wonders, you, your intention, your objective, your purpose is just to help people you know, rediscover themselves and try and clear their minds and their hearts. And I'm just thinking to myself, we can never have enough uh, people who are doing this kind of stuff because all of us, you know, we have our social circles, we vibrate at a certain level. There are people who are going to catch up with our vibration, you know. So I'm kind of like addressing your point that we can just never have enough of this. That's why I'm having you here. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree. I think that uh, one, we can never have enough people that are out there helping others to achieve their greatest good, to, you know, unlock the light within and to raise their vibrations. You know, we, we just need more people to do that. But also, I feel that there aren't enough people who are aware of what spirituality is outside of like religion and various dogmatic practices. You mentioned the issue of religion. You know, <laughs> uh, most of us, we get acquainted with spirituality through religion, For sure. uh, particularly the monotheistic religions or the so-called Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and uh, what's the other one? Islam. And it seems to me that's not necessarily what Africans have been for all time going back into the history thousands or hundreds of years, if you like. It doesn't look like Africans were that way. It seems like they were more geared into something more than just what the religions are offering in, in, oh, in sure. my judgment. When we look at uh, African spirituality specific, I know we said we're going to talk about chakras so we can get there, but <laughs> <laughs> Look at African spirituality specifically. Uh, thousands of years ago, the Africans um, practiced Ifa, and uh, they were the Yabro people. And you had people such as the Babalos, who were the head of this spiritual community. So that would be, I would almost equate the Babalo to a priest. They are priests, but not necessarily the same way that we think of priests when we think about 
uh, Christianity and the other monotheistic religions. Let's get to chakras. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> I see that we can take a lot, talk a lot about various dimensions of spirituality and the history sure. thereof. Someday, maybe you'll be willing to come back and uh, we dig into that. Oh, yeah. Talk about chakra. The word chakra, what does it mean? So the word chakra is actually Sanskrit. And what it means is will. And what it's referring to is a will of energy that's inside the body. The human body has seven main chakras that go up and down its spine, starting from the base, which is the root chakra. The root chakra is associated with the color red, and it deals with the feelings of security and fear. You know, so when your root chakra is root chakra, excuse me, is out of balance, what typically happens is you feel as if your security is being threatened. A lot of times what we want to say is you have the right to be here. You have the right to be here in your body. You have your, the right to be here existing as a human. And anytime you feel that those rights are being taken from you, your root chakra energy is being suppressed. One thing does that have to do with fear? Yes, definitely. It has to do with a lot of fear because when people are afraid, they they lock themselves down and are unable to express themselves. And typically, oh, prime example, you know, when you feel like fear kind of in that, that gut-wrenching fear, you kind of clench up the lower parts of your body. And the reason that you do that is because there's an energy center that's down there. The, like I said, the root chakra being right at the base of the spine, that's your connection to the earth. So when you're kind of afraid, that fear blocks your connection to the earth. Now, with that being said, that doesn't necessarily mean that fear is a bad thing. The reason why fear um, blocks the root chakra is that people tend to be afraid of things that they don't necessarily need to be afraid of. Say if you have something such as like agoraphobia, which is the fear of going outside, you know, you should just take yourself outside and slowly introduce yourself into nature. And this to help you to unblock that root chakra. So when you talk about the root chakra, I would be interested to hear more the benefits or which body organs, like the physical body organs that it affects, it benefits. And uh, I think I will still have another question. In fact, I, I will have standard questions for each one of them. For now, let's talk about the influence of the root, the root chakra through the body. Which body organs are vitalized by the, the root chakra? For sure, for sure. So that has a lot to do with your lower adrenal glands and your lower filtration systems. So when your root chakra is blocked, a lot of times you have issues with vitality and um, more like sexual identification. So for men, this can be like erectile, dis uh, erectile dysfunction or the feeling of not wanting to be touched for men and women. And uh, when you're blocked that way, your sexual expression, and by sexual expression, I don't necessarily just mean like sexual intercourse. I also mean like your identity of self. You know what I mean? So a lot of times the people are, let's say, confused for lack of a better word. It's because they have issues connecting with their bodies. The root chakra is all about being into your body and really just being okay with yourself. So going along with the organs that it affects, this will lead to you having issues with filtration. 
right? So your body's not necessarily able to process some of the toxins that flow through your body because the lower part of our body deals a lot with pushing out all the toxins. And this can also appear in um, cramps and constipation, renal issues, and things of that nature. As you start to clear up your root chakra and uh, your connection to the self, you'll notice that your body is able to flow a little bit better uh, from the from a physical perspective. And that goes for each of the chakras, because like you said before, each chakra does deal with a different organ and things like that. And the main goal is to allow your body to flow um, both energetically and physically. As you start to clear your chakra channels, the blood flow in your body itself starts to move more freely. Well, you have covered two aspects here. <laughs> you have covered the positive and what it does in the body and the bodily organs influenced by the chakra. You have covered the negative, how it can, you know, block the end part of, you know, the inner system when it's supposed to flush and cleanse and it may create a lot of problems. They have had problems with constipation <laughs> for, mm. for, for a long time. So how does one reactivate the chakra if it's not functioning it's, as it's supposed to be? Maybe it's clouded or it's uh, <laughs> yeah, when it's kind sure. of like blocked and it's not functioning as it should be. And now it's causing these problems of constipation and many others we've mentioned. So how do we bring it back to proper function? For sure. So I want to address that from two different sides, because you have the spiritual way of cleaning out your chakras. So the energy functions of that, but then there is a very physical way in doing this as well, right? So spiritually, when it comes to all the chakras, what you want to do is sit down and meditate. And through meditation, I like, I personally practice silent meditation, sometimes with chanting, but you can also do binaural beats if that makes you feel better, throw on some aromatherapy candles and things like that, just to focus on that lower part of your body. So when you're focusing on the root chakra through meditation, what you want to do is think about the things that are kind of holding you back in life, the things that are making you feel fearful, and then ask yourself, what's bothering me about that? What do I feel afraid of with this particular topic in general? And as you start asking that, keep asking until you don't have any more questions because eventually you'll answer those questions yourself, right? So for instance, say going back to the agoraphobia, say you ask yourself, well, why am I afraid of going outside? And you answer that question for yourself and you just keep asking, maybe something happened in your past that was traumatic. And uh, since then, you had a fear of being outdoors. Maybe it's not really you going outdoors. Maybe it's you being alone by yourself for an extended period of time in a free world environment. So there are very many things that can go into the spiritual, social aspect of your root chakra being blocked. The other thing that you want to do for the root is really be out in nature. You want to do what's called grounding and you want to walk outside barefoot if you can and in grass near a tree, sit under a tree, that's even better. <laughs> and imagine your body pushing out negative energy into the earth because the earth is a massive um, grounding absorber of energy. You can push it out and Mother Earth will uh, help you to balance that energy within yourself. Now, from a very physical perspective, what you can do are eat foods 
that are the color red. So eat things that are like tomatoes, cherries, hopefully you don't have allergies to those, <laughs> but pretty much anything that's red. Uh, beets are really good, the red beets. And uh, these things will help you to filter out your body, but also they carry the vibration of the red root chakra energy. As we said before, the root chakra is associated with the color red, and that's because of its vibration. So when you look at the vibration, like the actual numerical frequency of the color red is the same as that of the root chakra. So this is why consuming red foods will help you to cleanse or bring your root chakra into balance. Now, when we're talking about, and I'll go back to, I'm gonna go over some of these foods with the lower chakras and uh, specifically because all your lower chakras are gonna go through the filtration process. Another food that's really good for you if you're having, <clears throat> excuse me, renal issues would be broccoli. Broccoli works as kind of like a brush. So imagine like a brush scooping away dirt and it can literally push away the dirt that's in your uh, kidneys and in your renal system. It helps to do that through the um, antioxidants that are within the broccoli itself. Consuming green tea will do the same thing. And so will eating things with rosemary in it. Rosemary is also another very powerful antioxidant and uh, dandelion root. <laughs> yeah, you, when you're talking about this food and you, in fact, you mentioned uh, broccoli, I'm asking myself, what about the broccoli sprouts? Because these days I've been introduced to those and I've seen how they flush the system. Yes, they're exactly. very e effective, at least for mine. I'm not going to generalize and feel like everybody is, is, is uh, you know, it's the same as me. No, 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 not at all. So are you agreeable uh, also that broccoli sprouts, they do the same thing as just broccoli? For sure. So broccoli sprouts do the same thing. It's all the coliferous vegetables. So all of those coliferous vegetables um, pretty much behave the same way in the body as your body breaks them down and processes it through your system. Just one more thing before we go to the second chakra. <laughs> you talked about meditation. Seems like there have been arguments about how long, if I sit down and say I'm meditating, how long should that take in order for it to have the effect that I want it to have? Honestly, I never give people a time limit when they're first getting introduced to meditation, because all that's going to do is get your mind focused on, was I here long enough? Is the such and such time up? And so on and so forth. So what I say, especially when you're first getting started, is sit down as long as comfortable as you're long for with sitting down because you can meditate for five minutes and have a very deep meditation and be able to cleanse your chakras. You could also meditate for five hours and achieve nothing, you know? So that's interesting. <laughs> you know what I what mean? What will I be doing wrong? <laughs> a lot of times what happens is people get distracted by physical things and that's okay. Just the way that I say that you should get away from the physical distractions are literally to push them away. You know, go into a quiet place. Also, caveat to that, right? So try not to meditate in your bed. Is That's not very beneficial for you because your body and your mind view your bed as going to sleep. So what typically happens is people say, I meditate before I go to sleep, before I go to bed at night, and then I go to sleep. Well, that's because your body is used to going to sleep in this room, in this position, if you can, go to another area of your place, of your home, and dedicate that spot to meditation. 
I've had some people say, well, I live in a one bedroom studio apartment and I don't have anywhere else to go. I'm like, well, you have four corners. Pick a corner and just set it up, you know, differently to the rest of your place. Put pillows there, put like a blanket there and just sit in the corner of that area of your room and meditate in that corner. And uh, though I was talking about doing a specific type of meditation for the root chakra, and there are specific meditations per chakra, when it comes to meditation in general, and you're just starting out, I don't personally think it's very beneficial to get so hung up on, I'm going to focus on this chakra, focus on that, focus on this, because you've never meditated before. You don't even know how to quiet your mind, let alone quiet it down to the point where you can ask yourself internal questions. A lot lot of people are uncomfortable with silence. So if you've never truly been by yourself, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm here to tell you that that's okay. You know, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. And that's how we slowly move ourselves into the realm of comfort. The next question that people have with meditation is how do I quiet my mind, you know, and and, uh, I'm here to tell you that when you're first starting out, the focus is not to have a completely quiet mind because that's highly unrealistic. You've never quieted your mind before. So how can anyone expect you to sit down randomly one day and say, sit there for an hour (laughs) with no thoughts? The way that you slowly start to quiet your mind is pay attention to the thoughts that are flowing through your mind. We as humans are on repeat. 90% of the thoughts that flow through your mind is all the exact same thing. So what I would suggest is you sit down in a quiet place and kind of allow your mind to drift. And when it drifts to a particular topic, just pluck that topic out of the sky and focus on that. Solve whatever problem that is. Ask yourself, why am I thinking this in the first place? Maybe it's something to do with your job and you're worried about something at your job. Pluck that out and ask yourself, well, why am I worried about it in the first place? And keep asking yourself those questions until that worry goes away. Slowly, what you'll realize is as you start to clean these small, minute things out of your mind, because they're going to ultimately seem small once once you fix the problem. Every struggle you ever go through in your life seems like the biggest mountain until you're over it. And then you're like, that was nothing. So this is just going to be another one of those processes. So as you pull those, you know, problems out of your mind and you focus on them and release them out to the universe, you'll slowly just have less and less and less issues. And then you can start in silence. And then you can start focusing your thoughts and your processes on things that truly matter to you and your mind isn't as jumbled anymore. Sorry, that's a little long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I am looking at the time and what I've promised you. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, let's see, because I, I don't want to violate the promise. <laughs> that's okay. We can talk forever, you know. Because this is information that is important. It should go to the record. That's why I, I don't stop my cash. That's like, no, 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 let's rush and let's move on to this and just interject so many times I, I do less of that. Uh, it's just for clarity because this is important information. Let's get to the second chakra, sacral chakra. For sure. Talk so to this- us about that in this various uh, dimension, namely what bodily organ is it responsible for and its influences and what are the positives? One second, if it's not properly manifesting and operating, maybe it's covered or something. What are the negatives? What does it do what are the signs that okay the chakra is not doing well 
uh, somebody needs to start uh, working on it. And then third, what is it that a person can do in order to revive it and make it a work for the human's benefit? Yeah, for sure. So your second chakra is going to be your sacral chakra. And where that's located is just below your navel, your belly button area. It deals with what's associated with the color orange and it deals with guilt and uh, creativity. Sorry. So it deals with guilt and creativity. So when people start feeling guilty about something that happened in their past or perhaps it's something they did or didn't do, it starts to block this particular chakra. Now, being that it's located just below your navel, this one has more to deal with your intestines. Like I said a second ago, your lower chakras all deal with the physical body very directly. And so this can also play a role with pretty much a lot of the similar things that we were just talking about, you know, constipation, but more with your gut issues. Perhaps your body isn't able to process um, certain foods. And I'm not particularly talking about like allergens or something like that. One thing that I noticed about a lot of people is when they start feeling guilty, a lot of times they start holding their stomach. They have like these random cramps or they're kind of hunched over. You'll notice somebody has a blocked um, sacral chakra when they're kind of walking a little hunched over and it's due to the pain that they have. And they might not even realize that there's so much pain there. And a lot of times uh, it can be so tight in the area for so long and it's pretty much goes with any pain that people have that people just start to ignore it. And uh, they ignore it because they don't really know what to do about it. When it comes to the sacral chakra, one of the things that you can do, of course, like I said, is to eat foods that are the same color of that. So different orange foods. I actually, this is really an orange food, but <laughs> I actually like uh, golden raisins. I think those are really good for the sacral chakra. They really help out. Um, I had a lot of issues with my sacral chakra for many years, to be honest. And uh, one of the problems that I realized I was having is I felt that I wasn't very creative. A lot of times people who have sacral chakra issues are not necessarily afraid of their own creativity, but don't allow they don't allow themselves to express themselves creatively, you know? So what happens is people who try to venture out a little bit and just kind of try something different and explore, oftentimes they're shut down as children and aren't able to pursue their true interest as adults. Simply by unlocking your inner child, which is a whole nother thing that we can get into later, but simply by allowing your inner child to be free, just being creative and having fun, you will start to unblock your sacral chakra. The other thing is relieving yourself of guilt, which can be extremely difficult to do because it's easy for us to forgive others oftentimes, but it's fairly difficult for us to forgive ourselves. And guilt has, guilt is almost directly related to um, the feelings that we have towards ourselves and something that we haven't forgiven ourselves for. So finding out what it is that's been holding you back in the first place and forgiving yourself, not necessarily for what happened, but forgiving yourself for, let's say, not releasing it and not pushing forward and not pushing past it. 
um, is very important. There's something else I want to say about that. Yeah, before you continue, I think that's a good segue for the question. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about this thing of guilt. I'm sure, you know, the masses of people do feel guilt at some point. I think here you are referring to just excessive guilt that makes us, you know, stop to act, uh, that uh, bring some kind of stagnation in our lives or you, you you can just feel that you are not doing well and in fact guilt may it can easily translate to misery and uh, some internal suffering so when you talk about that you need to forgive yourself you see uh, i'm one of those people who's a realist and practical in the sense that the statement that you need to forgive yourself then you'll be fine to me that's not enough we have had that for a long time maybe we need some technique of how do we reach deeper to eventually activate this self-forgiving which translates to self-compassion uh, in a sense what do we need to do that I, I think you get my point yes for sure actually i actually wrote a uh, self-help journal sometime last year it's called a uh, shadow work shedding light on my inner child and in this journal there are these word prompts and each prompt addresses a different aspect of your life and of yourself so what this will do for you is help you to pull yourself out of the equation and kind of look at your past and your history, your early childhood when you were growing up. And when you look at these things um, without judgment, you know, look at them as something that happened and kind of address what's going on. You'll start to realize that whatever happened was most likely not your fault in the first place, right? And uh, either it wasn't your fault because it was a parental figure or someone else in your life, simply just circumstances that that made certain processes occur, or it wasn't your fault in the sense that you were young and you just didn't know any better. So ultimately, you were probably just doing the best that you could at the time with the resources that you were given. And there's nothing wrong with that. So when we talk about forgiving ourselves, we don't necessarily mean forgive and forget. You know, it's forgive and let go, release it and move on. Realize that whatever happened, happened and couldn't have happened any other way. There's no point in dwelling on something that occurred in the past because it's already there. So just kind of acknowledge that it happened and release it. This doesn't mean that you're not going to feel bad about it ever. You know what I mean? So if something happens and it comes back up, somebody says something and you your feelings are hurt or you feel sad or you feel depressed about it, that's okay. I think people get confused when it comes to spirituality and they think that spiritualists are these super mega high vibrating people who are super happy all the time. And that's simply not the case. (laughs) The difference between someone who vibrates high and vibrates low or someone who's depressed and who's not depressed is that we all go through ups and downs in life. People who are depressed spend more time in that downward arc, whereas people who are high vibrating and happy spend more time in the upward arc. This also means that people who are depressed have good days. You know, they just don't have them or they don't recognize them and don't live in them as often. People who are happy have bad days and it's okay to cry and it's okay to be sad. But people who are you know, have those bad days, they mostly live in the higher arcs. 
Did that kind of answer your question? <laughs> oh yeah, you 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 have tried. I think it it goes deeper than that. <laughs> oh, we can go a lot deeper than that. I just didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like we limited ourselves and say we're just going to look at the chakras, each one of them. <laughs> For sure. like, yeah, because I'm more of there is a problem. What's the solution? What's the practical solution that will uh, take a person out of the problem and liberate them and liber- literally liberate them? There is so much that is being shared out there and there are so get rich quick uh, schemes out there where people are just summarily telling you, oh, well, you need to do this. Oh, well, you are not doing this. So in other words, it's always coming back, blaming the individual and all stuff like that. So I always look out carefully for the solutions to the problems that we have as human beings and practical solutions, not just mere expressions that sounds nice. And this is not to say you are not doing a great job in explaining and in presenting this material. I think you are doing a great job. It's only that I, a person that wants to go deeper and deeper. And for sure. When we yeah. talk about practical physical solutions, to be honest, that's very situation specific. So it really depends on what's going on in a particular person's life. And it's kind of difficult to give a concrete idea of what an individual should do without having a specific problem to deal with in the first place. Oh, now, yeah, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> this requires us going back and forth you ask me questions if i am the one who's having problem with that right we have to diagnose and the best way to diagnose is asking questions so that you can learn what's going on in there and then you can prescribe you see so i agree with you that it's very very situational and it may also be relative i don't know if you wanted to say more before we move on to the next chakra um now, let's, we can go ahead and move on. Unless you have more questions about it. We don't oh, necessarily no, no, no. all seven in one night either. So <laughs> we can <laughs> just keep going. And I'm not, I'm not particularly on any time constraints. But <laughs> we could just keep going or, you know, whenever, whatever you feel like. Yeah, let's get to the solar plexus, the third For chakra. Sure. So Talk about it in, plexus- the same, in the same dimension uh, that you have uh, spoken about in the first two. And then I will just interject at, uh, at any given point whenever I have a question. For sure. So the solar plexus chakra is actually going to be located just below the breastbone and just above the navel so it's right in the middle it's also sometimes uh, called the sun chakra and it's associated with the color yellow and it deals with willpower and shame so and if you notice when i do the chakras i always give the positive aspect of the chakra and the quote-unquote negative aspect of the chakra so willpower being the positive side and shame being the negative side of the chakra, right? So when you start feeling shame within yourself, it starts to block your sunlight, starts blocking your solar plexus chakra. And the way that you uh, alleviate yourself of this shame is to truly do what they say, stand in your own power, to be yourself, to be strong and to be confident. You know, a lot of times people have difficulties speaking up and being confident. And on the flip side of that, you have people who are overly boisterous and they're just loud and, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like just screaming to the top of their lungs. And you don't particularly want to do that either. Being confident doesn't mean being um, super loud and uh, being too boisterous. It just means standing strong within yourself. And the organs that are associated with this 
are going to be your stomach area, your stomach, your liver, and things of that nature. And when those things feel depleted, it's almost like a, I'm like a burning sensation. You know, when people get like stomach ulcers and things of that nature, and uh, the liver still dealing with the filtration processes, this can be caused by a uh, unblocked or unbalanced um, solar plexus chakra. The way that you want to fix that is, again, consuming more. I'm going to flip that because I feel like a lot of times when, when I talk to people about solar plexus chakra and we talk about uh, the foods to eat, people go straight to citrus fruits because there are people think lemons and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of humans, a lot of Westerners specifically, have a acidic diet. So in order to fix most people's solar, ch- solar plexus chakra, uh, it would be more beneficial to go on a more alkaline diet. You know what I mean? So yes, things such as lemons would be really good for you. But oftentimes, I think people should incorporate more alkalinity into their diets and into their foods and drink more distilled water and things like that. Don't drink so much coffee. Don't have so much sugar. You know, those things are what those things do is falsely elevate your energy and they falsely elevate your sense of will and your sense of willpower with be more beneficial would be to cut those things out not completely because i think that's impractical for most people but to be aware of the consumption of excess caffeine excess sugar excess carbs and those are the things that block your soul plexus chakra excuse me just mention three of the foods that are alkaline that would be perfect for this yeah for sure so your alkaline foods are going to be i have a list in here but i don't know where it went but <laughs> your alkaline foods would you say be- you would you say quinoa is it's it's a it's oh quinoa is great and it's great for different reasons there are actually three different types of quinoa There's white, black, and red. I personally recommend the white one because it's easiest to cook and it's the softest. (laughs) It's an amazing food because, yes, it is high in antioxidants. It uh, is very high in protein. And it does not convert into sugar in your body once consumed. Unlike rice, when you eat rice, rice actually breaks down and becomes sugar uh, in your body. So that's why, and that's not necessarily true for all rices. It is to some extent, but not everything is made equally, you know, things like that. So yes, quinoa is an amazing substitute when it comes to a grain. You know, all of your uh, vegetables, most of your fruits, aside from a lot of your citrus fruits, those are all going to be things that help you with your alkaline diet. Drinking green tea specifically and white teas are also going to help with this. Not necessarily drinking darker teas like black teas or um, what's the other one starts with an R. But (laughs) uh, drinking those don't necessarily help you out as much. But it is still going to be better than consuming a lot of caffeine and coffee. Talk about the heart chakra. That one, I seem to have a lot of interest in that one. Not that I don't have interest. All of them are important because they have their own function just like all the organs. Each one of them is important. No one that is more important than the other really because each one is operating 
its own sphere and then making its own contribution which may not be made by the other organ that is next to it or operating close to it so let's talk about the heart chakra <laughs> i remember a story a friend of mine said <laughs> let me share the story quickly <laughs> because that relates to something interesting you know when you talk about heart heart transplant you cannot transplant a heart of somebody who's still alive and he continues to live once you have their heart so it means they have to pass and then you get the heart transplant but that relates to love a friend of mine asked me so if you transfer the heart of another person comes does it mean that shifts also the people that i love i would also have to love the people that <laughs> the person loved which is a very deep question but at the same time it may be simplified <laughs> i don't know how you are going to deal with the the heart chakra and also try and have a response to that one for sure actually i responded to that first so uh i have read several articles and books and plenty of stories about people who receive heart transplants and actually do start to get some of the emotions and um, likes, attitudes from the person that they have in the heart transplant. I actually uh, work at a cardiac hospital and you have people who they receive these hearts and all of a sudden they love chocolate, you know, and <laughs> just for example, you know, and it's just like, well, what happened there? And I'm sure that there's some type of spiritual correlation. I'm highly confident that there is personally, that there is some type of spiritual correlation when we start talking about taking an organ from one person and putting it into another, that energy that was from that person is transferred into the new host. And, uh, it just makes sense to me that that person is going to have this new uh, personality, so to speak, and introduced into their energy fields. They might not know exactly what it is or why this is happening, but I 100% like believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow was... I'm convinced too uh, about what you're talking about because when we are having our thoughts, you know, some other person once mentioned that they are, our thoughts make us. The way we think, it seems to create our bodies because we think, you know, thoughts are things, as others will say. And we think about certain types of foods. That's why we did this danger with all these kind of advertising, all types of foods. We end up falling prey to junk food, toxic food, uh, acidic food that would cause inflammation and uh, making us sick. So where I'm going with this is this thoughts and our way of thinking the thoughts patterns and the, that translates to emotions and certain developments in our bodies one way or the other that kind of energy that these thoughts have and the emotions that creates and the actions and the repetition and the creation of a habit and all that eventually influences the body in the same way that an idle thoughts or a, a very toxic thought may eventually cause the body to to change its uh, i mean the skin color may change from just harboring these negative thoughts always and i think it may even affect the the blood itself it may change to some degree either its flow or uh, it may change i i'm not i don't want to go as far as saying change its color but all that i'm trying to say is these things the thoughts have got so much power to influence the our physical world, meaning our bodies. So if that's true, then why would it not be true for the heart when it's transplanted that it goes with that same energy to the next person and start influencing? But I can be checked by you on that one. Yeah, actually, you're 100% correct. It's been proven that our thoughts 
affect our physical reality and directly affect our bodies. Um, if you think negatively, people who think negatively simply just live shorter lives. You know, your body starts to break down. And this, from a very physical perspective, what happens is when you have these negative thoughts, you have an excess production of cortisol in your brain. And we have too much cortisol that's not upregulated and processed through, it starts having these negative effects throughout the rest of your system. There are other things and other hormones as well that, um, simply just go awry. When you're being too negative or you're focused on something that's not your greatest good, your blood does start to slow down. And the the rate, the flow, the rate in which your blood flows through your body starts to slow down. And this does happen, and this happens because it starts getting thicker and it gets thicker because they have less oxygen. This does also slowly change the color of the blood, right? Because deoxygenated blood is darker than oxygenated blood. And then you can see that if you like draw somebody's blood, you can see the color difference in somebody who's basically like dehydrated versus someone who is uh, properly hydrated. So if we look at hydration as far as energy flow and the way that the energy is actually moving through your body, we can tell that the way the places that the body is getting blockages from the flow from the blood or whatever, those are the parts that start to die off first. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, let's move to the, the heart chakra. The, yeah, the heart <laughs> chakra. <laughs> I think we have uh, we have to take I mean to take rest, but in a beautiful way because that's information that's important. Because it's still do with For the sure. heart, but I'm sure the heart chakra may, may may deal with something different than the physical organ and obviously the spiritual influence that the, the the heart chakra has to the physical organ. Yeah, so the heart chakra actually deals with the heart and the lungs. And um, on its nose, it deals with love and it's blocked by forms of grief. The heart chakra is associated with the color green. And the vibration in which that comes with green. For the foods that you want for the heart chakra are just going to be things that help your blood to pump more fluently. Um, you want to drink more water. You also want to be able to breathe more deeply. A lot of people actually don't breathe properly. <laughs> so you want to breathe deeply so that way you're getting um, full oxygen throughout your blood. And it's kind of uncomfortable if you've never done it, if you haven't done it for a while. It's funny that um, you say the heart chakra is what you really want to talk about because I was reading some stuff about the heart chakra earlier today. And it's a really good book called Eastern Body, Western Mind, if anybody wants to uh, check it out. Yeah, that really sounds good. like a good <laughs> dissection. Because <laughs> yeah. once you talk about Eastern wisdom and then Western, I don't know what to call it in the West. <laughs> Like I understand yeah. Eastern wisdom. <laughs> right. It's really good because I think it does a really good job of breaking down uh, Eastern philosophy and the chakras into a Western mindset, Western concept for the mind. But uh, one thing that it was talking about in the book was how people, heart chakras can be blocked due to the fact that they're just not used to uh, expressing love. And when they do have the opportunity to express love, one or two things oftentimes happens. They either give way too much of themselves into another person, or they take way too much from themselves. I mean, take way too much from another person. So either your love issues deal with the fact that you weren't loved, uh, in the way that you want to be loved, I'm not saying that you weren't loved <laughs> at all, but that, you know, you didn't feel love 
the way that you wanted to or that you felt that you needed uh, in your earlier years to the point that you want to give as much love as possible to everyone or to your significant other and so on and so forth but you don't have enough love and energy left to give to yourself you know that'll block your heart chakra and the same thing happens on the flip side perhaps you're so used to giving so much love or maybe you gave so much love before and it got not necessarily just taken away but it got crapped on you know that person took advantage of you and now it's difficult for you to open up and uh, when someone else is trying to give you love, you're just taking, 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 and you're absorbing so much love from that person because you don't know what to do with it in the first place. And the last time you expressed love, it was just not in your overall benefit. These things lead to different forms of grief. So you're ultimately grieving your inability to express or to accept love in a healthy manner. And this does lead to a very physical heartache. Um, people talk about um, a heartbreaking and you can literally die from your heartbreaking, from heartbreak. You know, you what happens is you have these uh, micro fractures, essentially, <laughs> and uh, that happen throughout your heart or whatever, and they ultimately lead to very major infractions and they can lead to heart attack. But when you look at someone's heart who's had multiple heart attacks, you'll find these small little dots of necrosis. Um, several years ago, I was doing an autopsy on the body and we were able to uh, cut the heart up. This is when I was still in school. And we were able to cut the heart up and they pointed out, the doctor I was working with pointed out these little black spots. And uh, he said, these are all small heart attacks that probably went unnoticed. And, and, we, and we can't say whether or not that happened due to a broken heart, obviously. But we, I can say that you'll see the same patterns in someone who's had multiple heartache over time. And the way that you get through this is to learn to live with and love yourself. That doesn't mean that you block yourself off from others. That doesn't mean that you give, that you no longer give to anybody else, that you don't take anything from anyone. It means that you're so comfortable and happy with yourself that whether or not there is another person there with you beside you, you're still going to have a good time. You're still going to love yourself. You're still going to be there for you. Make sure you show up for yourself every day. Don't necessarily put all of your energy into someone else. You are mentioning something that is fascinating to me about the, the that activity that uh, Sergeon Chambers that you had a kind of experience where you were able to look at the physical heart and see some, uh, some black spots that express something uh, relative to heartache which may kill you and and i'm beginning to think maybe before i can go on with this i did not ask you your profession i only you know understood the you know the spiritual side the combat that you have and you keep on talking about it seems like a medical experience are you a doctor by profession I am not a doctor. I am a medical laboratory scientist. And what that is, is what I explain it is that, you know, when you go to the doctor and the doctor orders lab tests on you, like they draw blood and stuff like that. I'm the person who physically runs all the tests that the doctor orders. So I get all the blood, all the tissue samples and things like that. And I have to process them in my lab. Oh, got you. So you get to get the experience to also work with the doctor and seeing the body organs. 
and you can actually with the spiritual knowledge that you have and experiences you can actually tell oh, this is the organ that's influenced by this chakra for instance we've got the heart that is influenced or indicated by uh, the heart chakra yeah actually um when i did the autopsy that was that was a weird situation the way that that happened i was in the cert in the military at the time and uh, the students who had the highest grades had the opportunity to go witness an autopsy. They One of the doctors just happened to be having one the day that we were all there. And they put us all out of class because we were all you know, the high grade students. And we got to observe. And me being the person that I am, I like to like get as close as I can to uh, the knowledge. I want to learn as much as I can. So I was just hovering over the body and helping the doctor out, moving things around. And I was like, what can I do? So the doctor ended up doing a full autopsy. They're just trying to prove cause of death, but they ended up doing a full autopsy because they're basically teaching a class to the rest of the students that are there. So that ended up being interesting. It wasn't until years after that, that I was really able to put two and two together as I started to learn more about spirituality and to grow more into my spiritual self. And I started to learn that how your thoughts and how different things that we didn't really realize were associated with the physical body can affect it. Like we were saying a second ago, your thoughts and everything affect your physical body. And your thoughts also deal with your, or in direct relation to your habits, whether those habits are good or bad. So people who oftentimes have a lot of negative thoughts they try to seek other avenues to get rid of those negative thoughts. And they do that through drinking, smoking, and things like that, these negative habits. And it's these negative habits that tend to lead you down this slippery slope of physical debilitation. You know, your body starts to break down. A lot of times when people go to rehab, when you're in rehab, yes, they pull you away from the drug, but they actually talk about your emotions and they try to figure out what the root cause is for the addiction in the first place. And then what you'll find is that people were using the drug as a crutch to deal with whatever emotional distress or trauma that occurred in their childhood. So as a spiritualist, yes, I love talking about like spirituality. I love the esoteric, metaphysics, things like that. But from a very practical side of things, it's a lot of what's going on in your life is pretty much in direct relation to what happened to you as a kid. And it's these built up life experiences that got you to where you are. And now you're strung out on my heroin, you know? So yes, we want to pull you off of the drug, but why did you get into the drug in the first place? What led you down this path? And let's go back as far as we can to heal that. And as we go on this healing journey, then we'll talk, we'll talk about the meditation, we'll talk about things like that as well. One thing that my company is working on is building a facility that encompasses all those things. You know, I want people to be able to walk into this facility and yeah, we have meditation classes, but I also want you to have like acupuncture therapy, you know, acupressure, uh, cryogenic therapy and things of that nature. Yeah, you are bringing up a lot of things and uh, inciting me to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> You're talking about acupuncture. <laughs> I've wondered how helpful that is. I know the Eastern world uses a lot of that. Africa has been buried with all its treasures. It's uh, it's just so sad to me. But the nice thing is Africa is being resurrected. Mm -hmm. But to back to the acupuncture 
narrative or discussion. Just out of curiosity, will you sum up the importance and the benefit of an acupuncture? I know we're talking about the heart chakra. <laughs> we are sure. digressing, but at the same time, we are spinning around it. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, all these things are um, interconnected anyway. You know, so uh, acupuncture helps with the chakra system through way of the meridians. So when we go to acupuncturist, what they do is they take these really, really thin needles. I think people are scared of acupuncture because they hear needle and it's not painful. It's like as thin as a, as a blade of hair, you know? So they take these needles and put it in strategic points in your body, excuse me. And then what happens is it allows for the energy flow, the electrical impulses that are inside the body to flow in a particular direction, which regulates and corrects the uh, energy movement throughout your body. Now, what that means (laughs) is we as humans, right? Uh, We are energy electrical beings on on both a subatomic level and in the sense that in order for our muscles to fire in the first place, there needs to be an electrical jolt in our brain that goes through our synapses, neurotransmitters, all that fun stuff. And then that process triggers our movement ultimately, right? (laughs) So when they put the needles in, you can feel this energy being kind of regulated in different directions you feel it start getting connected and reconnected and it's almost like this warm tingling sensation Uh, I've had a bunch of done a couple times so and um, you feel like this warm tingling sensation and it helps to move helps to regulate the blood flow and the energy when we talk about energy being moved throughout the body because i try to break it down in both a uh, esoteric and very physical context right when people talk about energy moved in the body from a physical perspective where they're talking about is blood flow your blood if your blood is not flowing properly through every organ through every limb through every inch of your body you are going to have issues the problem is that most people like i said earlier get so used to their blood slowly um, slowing down, (laughs) gradually slowing down, that they don't pay that much attention to it. And this is why you have people in their 30s who are so decrepit. When five years ago, they were running around like they were teenagers. It's because in that time period, they oftentimes start picking up these negative habits, whether it's drinking smoke or smoking excessively. They start sitting down and having these very sedentary jobs and lifestyles, or maybe things didn't go the way that they wanted. And they're just not, they're not moving. They're not energetic. They're not exercising anymore. It's all of those things. And the blood just doesn't flow properly. And as the blood doesn't flow properly, that's the energy. Let's talk about, I'm not going to move away from the heart chakra. The heart is a very important organ on its physical aspect. And I think in the spiritual dimension, it should be, it is a very important organ. There are questions, and there's a question that I've asked probably twice and i mentioned that i'm not the kind of person who just want to take a phrase or oh, we gotta be positive you know this kind of thing i want something really practical and real that okay you see when you say somebody oh you gotta be strong you can easily say to them go to the gym do hard labor then you'll be strong you see that's practical that's all i can see what i need to do it will be just that i'm lazy i don't want to do it but it's the path is clear i just cut gotta go and pump some iron and I become strong and the problem that I had is gone you see 
on the physical plane you see how you can have a, a clear remedy so Christian, now I, so I, I, I think that's unrealistic it's unrealistic you can tell people to go straight to the gym yes of course go to the gym exercise you're gonna feel great you will 100 eat no right. no you i was talking i was talking about in terms of if i am feeling weak physically uh, for sure. physical solution you need to start working out right that's a realistic uh, advice that if i'm feeling weak oh i can't lift things you know my muscles are weak there is a remedy start working out right so I'm I'm just trying to make an example on the physical plane so that we can transfer that example or scenario to the spiritual plane. And to, okay. yeah, so, so the question I, that I wanted to ask is in relation to, you know, we say it has been said that a human being is a social being, right? You seem to thrive better with other human beings. When you are isolated, you are kind of like you are dying, but dying slowly. That's why people who just want to live on their own corner, they develop a lot of problems, uh, generally speaking. I don't want to claim like I'm an expert in this, but that's the general understanding. So I just want to hear and get your understanding the importance of having another person lifting you or contributing to helping you lift up your heart chakra, a contributing of another human being influencing you to develop a particular chakra or not to develop, but to try and bring it back to its proper sphere of influence, positive influence in your life. The reason I'm saying this is, one, if a person has got a broken leg and is struggling to go to walk across the road, the street, you feel uh, compassion. And that compassion makes you want to run and go and help them put their hands or their shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. You cross the road, right? On the physical plane, you can easily sense. Then there are people who are struggling with mental illness, right? And I'm trying to see uh, even somebody who's struggling with emotions, which may something be closer to any of these two chakras, uh, the heart chakra or the, the uh, solar plexus chakra or whichever chakra may be relevant to that. But where it is, where my point is, is how do you in that realm of spirituality because when we talk about chakras it's not something that you can just pick up a year it is it's something that exists in the spiritual realm because you are a spiritual being having a human experience so what how much does another person in the same scenario that when i'm with a broken leg i'm trying to walk somebody becomes a very aidful helpful person so in that sense how much is important to have another person help you recover the chakra i don't know if i made sense in my attempt sure. to yeah. get you to go deeper yeah I would, I would honestly say that you don't particularly need another person when it comes to revitalizing your own chakras and revitalizing your own energy. So from a level of importance, I don't think that it's a hundred percent necessary. You can go sit and meditate and really dive deep within yourself because all the answers you need in this reality and in the spiritual realm, all of that is within you. All aspects of divinity are already within you. So you need only just look within in order to find the answers that you seek. Now, with that being said, it's not necessarily that simple for everybody, right? And sometimes you do need a little help and you do need a little leg up. And uh, it's okay to go out. It's okay to seek help. That's what we have therapy for. That's what we have friends for. That's what we have partners for. You know, the thing is, have, being able to go to 
someone and uh, feeling like you can truly open up and feeling like you can be vulnerable. And uh, when I say that you don't particularly need that, I will st- I, I stand by that. You don't have to have that. You can uh, you can pray. You can talk to God. You can talk to your ancestors. You can talk to whomever it is within your faith and within your spiritual practice. But yeah, it's nice to have a partner, a friend, you know, somebody that you can go talk to at night or call up and say, hey, I'm feeling this type of way. Because like you said a second ago, that's all just compassion. Sometimes you don't want somebody to give you answers. Sometimes you want to feel like someone is listening to you and they don't actually have to say anything. You know, they don't have to respond to you directly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's only that I'm convinced that we live as a group. Okay, I'm coming with the African African collectivism and how we live as a group vis-a-vis individualism that says, oh, well, you've got all the answers. Lift yourself by your, by your own bootstraps, which, which is a whole different culture. And I'm thinking... I, I agree. I agree. I think that when we look at it from that perspective, though, right? So when we look at African cultures and Native cultures, you have the mentality of it takes a village to raise a child. Exactly. So you don't really have, you have your parents, obviously, right? But you also have the your aunts and uncles next door. And when I say aunts and uncles, I necessarily just mean like blood. You know, you have your neighbors and everybody. You have all the grandparents. You have all the elders. And from that perspective, yeah, you can go through. They, they express love. They all show you love. They all teach you different things. Now, when we look at the, and I haven't been to Africa, but when we look at um, the culture, we find that those particular individuals don't tend to have the issues that we're talking about currently. So those same people don't typically have that fear of, uh, I don't know, something random going outside, like I said earlier, because they would have worked through that in their childhood. These people who have people in the Western society, Western culture who have block chakras, the reason they have that is because it wasn't worked through throughout their childhood. So it's not like it blocked just one day it happened throughout an extended period of time but if you live in a culture where you're able to tackle these problems as they happen then you won't have this issue so it won't be a problem if you having a blocked heart chakra because your heart chakra was never blocked in the first place you already have that comfort within yourself to trust yourself and if you needed help you can go talk to one of the elders because the elders are there and they're open for you they're there they're there for that reason your parents are there for that reason unfortunately here in western society because we don't have that we don't have that openness and it's gotten lost over the years as we integrated um when the europeans came over and took over everything um this just got broken up the family construct got broken up and then it got broken up to the point where they start calling it a nuclear family. And then the nuclear family itself got broken up because you now just have a woman raising a child by themselves, or you might have a man raising a child by himself. So they don't have that parental dynamic, let alone their aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. You know, are the grandparents even in the picture? Do you even have a relationship with your siblings, let alone your aunts and uncles? Like, I can't tell you the amount of times I've talked to some of my friends and they haven't spoken to their sister in 10 years. And that's crazy to me, you know? <laughs> so or they haven't typical, spoken to their Typical parents. Western way of living. <laughs> right. And then you, You're not going to find that in Africa unless we are fighting some 
was we are angry with each other we right. saw by the heavens speak up above us that i'm never going to speak to you then there is that's a different case but generally just have no reason not to speak to your parents to speak to your cousin to speak to your friends for 10 years that's something else for sure yeah there's um in the western world there's really not a bit sense of community you know and that just kind of got broken up so when we're talking about the the aim in chocolate wonders what we're trying to do is to bring back that sense of community and to bring back an area of focus to hey we are all connected and we're all, all love you might not be able to go talk to your family about this but you can come talk to us about it you know we have people in our community you can talk to so let's create a community for really it's for everyone but you know we have to start somewhere and the idea is to get back to the level where a lot of cultures in Africa are a lot of native cultures pretty much any native culture they have that strong sense of community they have the sense of i might not know but my grandmother might know and we can go over there together and we can ask a question and like i said a second ago when you have when you have children that grow up this way they don't typically have like you wouldn't have a problem feeling guilty about something as an adult when you brought when you're brought up in a community where you can go address uh that guilt as it happens and a lot of times what happens is maybe you're not comfortable talking to your parents about it but your aunt uncle or the neighbor might say hey i saw what just happened do you want to talk about that you know and they they'll address it right then and there it might not be that nice but <laughs> it also won't be something that you carry with you for the rest of your life and it's causing blockages you'll notice that people in the um more native cultures and african cultures they don't tend to have the same type of health issues that westerners have westerners have all these health issues and this is like new ones pop up every day when all you got to do is go eat healthy bro <laughs> go eat healthy go exercise but africans go outside africans spend time in nature africans have a relationship with mother nature you know a lot of westerners don't africans spend times in their communities having parties and functions outside and here in the western world you have to go google a festival so, you know it that's just not something that really occurs so when we talk about um the when i say the that you don't necessarily need another person like i i will still stand by that you don't if you look at the elders in africa a lot of those a lot of elders have a very strong connection to their ancestors and they spend a lot of time talking to the ancestors So they don't necessarily have to go commune with each other unless there's like a major issue. So once you get to those upper echelons, then yes, you can sit there by yourself. It's not that you ha- I'm not saying you have all the answers in a sense cognitively, consciously, but you do subconsciously have your connection to divinity. And the mm-hmm. elders have got to a point where they know that and when they have questions they'll go talk to another elder they're not going to go talk to somebody that I don't want to say the neath them because one thing that I've realized with the senior citizens they seem to find so much joy in grandchildren and being around the legally ones and there, there is something about that uh, but I don't want to want us to go on and uh, <laughs> digress and diverse and <laughs> uh, diverge and let's converge 
the chakras. I don't know if you mentioned food relevant to the heart chakra. I did a little bit. I was more talking about water and drinking more alkaline water. There are, are foods that are good for your heart. I'm trying to think of a, sorry, I had a, a mind blank there. <laughs> so. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, anybody you know, but, who's interested to, uh, I mean, venture further, I think you can easily discover more food that's relevant to the chakra let's move up the body the other one is called the throat chakra yes which so have- i think it, by name it suggests that it's located uh, along the windpipe <laughs> for sure so your throat pro- chakra is located in the throat uh where your thalamus is and it's associated with the color blue it is blocked by lies and it is opened by truth and um, it's the truth and the lies that we tell ourselves not necessarily those that we tell others right those do have a basis in this but it's more important to be honest with thyself and to be true to thyself and it's also just as important to speak your truth and to live your truth and what that means is to do the things that you feel are morally right i have a whole another tangent for morality but (laughs) for the sake of this you know uh, to do the things that you feel are morally right and to be open about it that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to wear a sign and scream at the top of a mountain, you know, but it means that you stand firm in what you believe to be true and you stand firm in your beliefs. This also doesn't necessarily mean that they can't change because if you present me with certain evidences, then I'll probably change my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? As far as foods, um, you want to eat things that are associated with the color blue. So blueberries really do help out a lot with that. But pretty much any berry is really good. Blueberries specifically have, I think they're called cyanoids or something like that. And what they do is they help break down um, toxins that can build up in the thymus area. Don't quote me on that. I'm going to research that again. I think I'm confusing two different things. But um, blueberries really help out a lot with that. And uh, just speaking more, one thing that I found with people who have a blocked throat chakra is uh, they don't like talking at all. And this also includes to themselves. So I made a suggestion to somebody and I was like, hey, why don't you try singing? I don't necessarily mean you got to go be a singer and sing for people. But when you're listening to the music that you like, sing, you know, kind of get used to the sound of your voice. You also have these people who don't like the sound of their own voice. And that's okay too. Just get, that's because you don't hear it, you know, just get used to it, get used to talking. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have people who have blocked throat chakras who have hyper or hypothyroidism and they have swelling of the throat that often occurs and they have tonsillitis and tonsil issues and things of that nature. And that just, uh, a lot of these things occur because of the uh, excess toxins and inflammation that occurs when your throat is blocked. With that being said, though, I will say that there isn't a lot of physical evidence backing the fact that uh, having a blocked throat chakra spiritually relates to your uh, hypo or hyperthyroidism. So when I was researching this a couple of years ago, I was kind of wondering, because you, you hear these things about the chakras blocking, being blocked, and then certain organs being affected. And these are things that you can find in like the Vedic text, Vedic text and different ancient texts and things like that. 
But when it comes to like modern uh, science and technology, I personally just think that we haven't caught up to the point where we can measure uh, the energy being expressed or held in a particular part of the body specifically, and that causing blockages and issues and inflammation. But I do think that we're getting to the point where quantum physics is catching up to spirituality. And we do have things such as like, um, I think it's pronounced Carillion photos that can pick up uh, things such as like the auras when you take a picture and things like that. And we can also measure uh, energy and radiation coming off of the human body. And it's at different frequencies and stuff like that. So I feel that pretty soon we'll be at a point where we can measure and directly measure whether or not a human has an excess or deplete amount of energy in a particular area of their body and are able to physically go through and adjust that. You see, there are times where we say, oh, I found my voice in life, right? And then we feel like we have purpose and here is my purpose. I found my voice. I'm airing out my voice. In other words, why I exist. Other people exist. They say they exist to fight for justice. That's why I live. Others say they exist to teach spiritual principles, to to teach spiritual life and how to live in accord with the forces of nature and move with the forces of nature instead of trying to go against the forces of nature which may crush you which happens every day because of our ignorance right somebody else may exist and i exist for this stuff i love mathematics i just want to get out there and teach people mathematics and uh, liberate them from uh, uh, the problems of mathematics that they may run into right so there are all kinds of these so where it is where i'm going with this is is a throat chakra related to finding your voice or that's something else uh, I would say that that's something else, honestly. So okay. when you are finding your voice or you're finding your purpose in life, what that means is you're in alignment with your with the vibration of the universe with yourself in this lifetime. You know, so once you become in line, once you become in line with what the universe has in store for you, and the universe can be God or can be spirit, whatever you want to call it for your faith. Once you become in line with that, you start feeling more positive and you have this, um, it's almost like an energetic pool pushing you to go do this particular thing. And it's almost like everything else to you is blindsided and uh, you realize that up until that point, everything that you went through was there to get you to where you are now. So that way you can be um, armed with the tools and resources that you need in order to be successful in your life's purpose. Let's move on to the third eye. That's the chakra, second to last Mm -hmm. of the seven chakras. Talk about that one and uh, experientially and also just theoretically, how it, what body organs uh, that it affects or it relates to and when is it positive, when is it negative and how do you reverse it back to because what we want is purity, It's, it's it's a, cleanliness it's a health it's properly a function of the human being in all his dimensions for sure so your third eye chakra is going to be located right in between your eyebrows and it's associated with the color indigo 
uh kind of indigo in between indigo and violet which violet would be the next one more so but i have a whole nother thing about that uh but anyway so it's associated with the color indigo and it deals with illusions and insight and disconnection and connectivity and the disconnection being the illusion that we are not connected as a people the fact of the matter is there aren't multiple races there's only the human race you know there's only one race and that's man's race we can be from different nations but we're all one race we're not disconnected and even from a a quantum microscopic level if you zoom in as close as you can to every physical thing in this reality you'll find that they're all made up of atoms the same atoms and inside of that atom is just energy the truth of the matter is (laughs) the truth is that all forms of matter are just collections of the same uh, atoms and energy that encompasses the entire universe i mean i'm sure a lot of people who who are on this spiritual path have heard that we're made out of the same thing that stars are made of and that's where we get our divinity and all that kind of stuff you know there's some truth to that because if you were to look at the composition of like a star obviously not like everything right but i mean we got we all are part of like hydrogen atoms the way that worlds are created itself is just gas and energy being compressed together and then life slowly grows we we come from the same stuff so that's the illusion that we're just disconnected we're just we're truly are connected um the organ that it's associated with is actually the pineal gland so when people talk about the third eye what they're literally talking about from a physical perspective is the pineal gland which is a small gland that rests in the center of your brain and uh, this gland has uh, crystals on it that are similar to those of your eyes and it functions very similarly to the way that your eye does so when people say that they're having visions or when you have dreams and things of that nature, all of that comes from your pineal. Your pineal gland excretes different hormones, different chemicals that help regulate various processes in the body. I know that's very vague, but, <laughs> uh, such as serotonin, melatonin, and things of that nature. Um, when your third eye is blocked, a lot of times what happens from a physical perspective, people have really bad insomnia. Um, they have bad insomnia and their eyesight is kind of blurry or off and not necessarily due to, let's say, age or like wear and tear of the eye. So like not necessarily the fact that wearing glasses means that your third eye is blocked. It's more the fact that you're unable to see clearly because your mind is clouded, you know? And what I mean by that, is you ever go into a room and you know that there's something there, like you're looking for a pen or something. I put my pen here and you can't find it, you know, but I know it's in that room. You leave and you come back later and then there it is. You know, because your mind is blocked, there are things that are kind of obscure from your view or your mind is clouded rather. There are things that can be obscure from your view. As far as foods are concerned, you, uh, when we start getting to the upper chakras, um, uh, Specific foods are less important. It's more about eating light and eating healthy. And what I mean by that is you want to eat things that are going to be so heavy in your body, so not a whole lot of meats. 
you don't want to consume a lot of fats or a lot of uh, animal products in general. You want to have more fruits, vegetables, things that your body can process more regularly. When you have these type of things in your body, as opposed to the meats, your mind is less clouded. When you eat things that are heavy, you you can feel physically bogged down. And that's because your body is processing all these things that's in your body. It literally needs all this energy to do it. And your your brain isn't able to process information as quickly as it more normally would. I'm thinking of the question in my head, whether I should ask this one or maybe I should wait until you conclude with the crown chakra. That relates to mental illness, mental health, relates to uh, certain brain functions and dysfunctions such as your ADHD. I've got great interest in that of reasons that may shortly appear uh, relating to ADHD. I think you can already tell. So I've been diagnosed with that and I struggle learning and I struggle performing things at a accelerated rate. You know, even if I try, it will be just a few seconds and I slap back. Maybe let's move to the last chakra and see how we, we deal with that because they are sure. both in the head, the pineal gland, which uh, connects to the third eye chakra and then the crown chakra. Let's talk about sure. the crown chakra. So yeah, so the crown chakra is located uh, exactly what it sounds like, the crown of the head, at the top of the head. It is associated, associated with the color violet but caveat to that is I usually look at it um, as white and I look at it as white as pure white energy, pure source energy, pure cosmic energy. But a lot of people say violet as well. <laughs> There's kind of like two schools of thought on that. It's also associated with what with what is called the thousand um thousand petaled lotus and what that is is literally the flower of the lotus opening up and being able to um, absorb the energy and light of the universe if you ever wonder why spiritualists or buddhists and things of that nature typically have a lotus flower that's what they're talking about they're talking about lotus flower represents the crown chakra and it being open and them being able to pull in uh, divine energy, universal energy, source energy. When the crown chakra is blocked, we have this over or hyper attention towards the physical natures of reality, right? So a lot of times people who have a blocked crown chakra or completely brought chakras in general, like they don't really believe in the spiritual aspects of man. They don't believe that there's anything outside of our physical realm, and they have these very secular thoughts. You know, this is it. This is all there is. There's nothing else outside of this. And uh, on the flip side of it, though, you can have people who have overcharged or hypercharged crown and third eye chakras for that matter. And these are people who live completely in their heads. If you ever meet someone who's, let's say, quote unquote, woke, even though I'm not a big fan of the woke word, you know, but like, it says it's quote unquote, woke. But they're they're so in their own minds, they're so in their own psychosis that their physical world is deteriorating around them. You know, I was having a conversation with this homeless guy a few years ago, and we had this amazing spiritual metaphysical conversation. And he was just talking about pretty much everything that we've talked about today. And but I was like, but you're homeless, man. Like, so what's going on with that? But he started talking about the 
patriarchy and society and keeping everybody down and how everything should be free and things like that and how he won't live in society that perpetuates um basically keeping the broke man down and things of that nature and i was like it's not that i disagree with you but look at where you are you know you're so focused in your head you're so focused on your godhood and there's nothing wrong with that but from you're still here you're still here on this physical plane and there are certain aspects to physicality and existing in this reality that would behoove you to at least pay attention to you know when it comes to all the chakras in general i think people um forget the fact that the goal isn't for all of your chakras to be on blast or your top chakras to be on blast, your higher chakras your higher vibrating chakras to be completely open the goal is to be within balance so people often talk about and we mostly talk about depletion of chakras but your chakras can be overcharged as well we want to be within balance in all of the chakra system. As far as foods, uh, same thing with the third eye chakra. It's about being more light and more divine. So that way your body is able to process things and that your mind is able to think freely and unclouded. So to avoid being glutonous, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the good way to conclude this. And I should appreciate your investing so much time. I didn't think that this conversation will have been inspired or, you know, extended to over an hour. I always want to keep them within an hour, but uh, I somehow failed today because of the nature of what we are talking about, you know. So I really appreciate or look forward to talk to you more about some of the stuff that we have researched, we have thought about, we have practiced in as far as metaphysics is concerned and spirituality, call it what you may. So I really appreciate it. Do you have any uh, departing thoughts uh, that may also be followed by where people can find you, uh, your hiding pavilion? <laughs> For sure. Um, well, people can find me at chakrawonders.com which is C-H-A-K-R-A-W-O-N-D-E-R-S.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is Chakra Wonders. We have an Instagram as well. I'm almost never on the Instagram, though. <laughs> so Facebook or the website. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me. You can email me through the website as well. And the email is um, chakrawonders at gmail. Or you can do chakrawonders, um, what is it, dexter at chakrawonders.com. There's my other one. <laughs> well, it's been a great uh, discussion, brother. I appreciate that. You are in Phoenix, Arizona, right? I am, yes. Oh, great. Great. I do have some uh, friends there and acquaintances that someday I will uh, have to visit. I will also have to give you a shout out when I do come there so that we can meet physically and get oh, to talk. Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, I love to sit down and have a conversation. We can record it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday we will have to talk about what you are doing, the nitty gritty of your professional life in the dimension of the medical practice that you, or the aspect of medical practice that you focus on and that I think that would be great but for today thank you so much for coming through brother and you have a very good night I think you are an hour behind me or so oh for sure yeah thank you so much you have a great night as well I can't wait till we can meet again and you know have another conversation thank you so much brother